Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. Welcome to another Fan Bros special delivery. As always, this is Chico Leo flying high above the, the Brooklyn night. I, was, I don't know why I was going to say the desert night, but uh, in fact, it is uh, a, a non-deserty Brooklyn night in the escape pod. And I am joined this evening by none other than LOIC, a.k.a. Podcast Viagra. Podcast Viagra. Wow, that's a bold statement. That that is all right. Well, we'll we'll see how that and true. how that pans out. It's um, very true statement. So yeah, I almost have to take Viagra to watch all the TV that's been been coming on, and uh, it's been uh, it's coming fast and furious. But um, you're having trouble getting up for it. Well, something shows? like that. But um, actually, I, I have a question to you and and to people, I guess, listening. I don't know when we started this. The special delivery was like 20 minutes, but it was just one episode of one show. And it slowly expanded, but now we only give, you know, five minutes, you know, you know, to each show. And obviously we're not covering every show that aired this week, but we're definitely up to covering like, you know, eight to 10 shows, you know, last week and this week. So I don't know. Do you think we should think about returning to the like focus, laser focused on one episode, really getting into almost, you know, scene by scene and character motivation and, you know, talking more about, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff, or should we just keep doing the, you know, Sort of more basic things, but cover you know a bunch more shows. What do you think, Ella? I think you cover more shows um, because as if a show, if, if an episode really resonate resi, resi, ugh, resonates with you, then you know you'll be you'll spend more time on it kind of naturally anyway. You know, as you kind of discuss all the different things, and it kind of allows you kind of filter the chafe from the wheat. Right. So, um, right to use a farming you know, metaphor. Hey, you know, I got plenty, baby. Wow. Got plenty. From Viagra to farming in less than two minutes. All right. Well, Podcast Viagra. We are we are <laughs> definitely going to be covering a bunch of stuff. So um I I'm still uh really liking Agent Carter. I mean, there there's some stuff that uh I feel like it it could be doing better, but in general I think it it's really dope. I like the I really like the forties Hollywood setting. I like that they're really setting up Howard Stark as like more even more of a Howard Hughes analog, like they've got him directing a Western. Howard Hughes directed a Western. Um you know, we got all the stuff, you know, Peggy, you know, taking on male authority, the Peggy and Jarvis stuff is dope. But, um, you know, last week they had the two hour pilot, which ended, you know, they introduced uh, a, a black doctor and then they killed him in the last, uh, you know, in the last episode. And uh, big spoiler alert, he's been brought back as sort of a spectral ghost. But, you know, um, it seems like in a lot of their things, you know, originally Marvel was criticized for not having diversity. And they've answered that by by bringing black men into a lot of things and then killing them off. Um, obviously, that's all going to change with Luke Cage. Um, <clears throat> black men into a lot of things and killing you know, them like, off. You know, like, you know, there were, uh, I feel like uh, maybe Daredevil didn't have that trope, but certainly uh, Jessica Jones did. Um, well, no, because... Daredevil killed off the black Ben Yurik, who was originally a white character. That's true. But 
I don't see the thing with the diversity matters is that all the all the people they've had who were the Avengers in the in the order that they're telling it, you know, they were all originally you know white people, right? So, and it's not to say that you know because the Avengers had some black characters, the Falcon, um, Spectrum, who was Captain Marvel, um, of course, Monica name, Rambeau, you know, Monica Monica Rambeau, who led. So I mean, the Avengers got. Hella diverse, and then not not including the alien life forms and different creatures. Right? No, we're not. We're talking. I mean, you know, look, they got Nick Fury. Uh, they could be doing more with bringing in Asians, Latinos, more you know, more women of color. Um, so just more kind of arbitrary race switching. No, well, when it works, it works fine. I mean, I, I, you know, the the fact that. Um, I mean, I, I can't think of an example in the movies where they or TV shows. Where, I mean, like the Ben Urich was a perfect example of like a really awesome. I mean, he was great. Vondi Curtis Hall was, you know, he should have been nominated, honestly, for a supporting actor, uh, you know, Emmy or whatever for, for his performance in Daredevil. Um, and that that worked really dopely. I mean, so, no, when they do it, they, they do it right. Um I don't know. I just feel like, you know, maybe because it's in the 40s or whatever, it just feels very, very I mean, although they're doing a really dope thing in this episode where the doctor has been accused of being a communist by uh, the bad guys because they're trying to cover up their nefarious activities. And so there's a running joke throughout the uh, throughout the episode where they're referring to him and they're, you know, using coded language, which, you know, could be you know considered racist. But in fact, they're referring to his communist status like, you know. Well, and in the episodes and the one prior, I mean, they definitely touch on race directly with um, when he and Agent Carter try to go into the store, the shop and the racist owner kind of turns him away because of him being a black man. Um, and I mean, he speaks to that directly in the episode and in the following episode. I mean, plus we kind of get the analog, the direct analog of him being literally an invisible man. At his right, time. right. No, and then, right. yeah, I mean, there's, so they, I guess, I, you know, they are doing a, a bunch of dope stuff um, in terms of, I guess, you know, trying to address it. But and and it it definitely was. Uh, I mean, it was good to see. I mean, he and the fact that they've you know he's a he's a scientist and a doctor and he's working with uh, Howard Stark to try and reverse this process that's turned him into first an invisible man and now he just lacks form. Um, and so we'll see we'll see where it's going. I mean, this was the third episode. It was called Better Angels. Um, and you also have to consider that. Um, Peggy Carter, as an older woman, alludes to having a husband, you know, so this may be that guy who he turns out to be. Um, Stark de- directly says, hey, you know, you're a Stark industry, you know, he's smart. Stark industry's good. Like kind of giving that. Right. Um, not a backhanded compliment, but just kind of like. No seal of approval. Level. Yeah. You know, so. And they and they dealt with the race racial stuff directly. I mean, like, I, I love the show. I love the fun of it. I love, you know, the genre and the throwback kind of style of it. You know, you know, you. They fully buy into what they're trying to do. You know, it's that it doesn't. Um, and that's a unique thing about the Marvel movies that I really like is that Daredevil on its own manages to be a kind of gritty noir type of tale. Um, but then it can still fit in the same world as Jessica oh, yeah. Jones and still fit with Miss, you know, Agent Carter. And I, I like that about how Marvel does their stuff because Agent Carter is Agent Carter. You know, it's definitely dealing with the sexist stuff and it's the old throwback to the period. And the style of the show just looks and feels like something from that particular era. So it's definitely a product of that. But then 
They're no, still it, dealing it, with a lot of issues it's and a, give you the same kind of action and things of that nature. It's a seamless. So I, you know, I'm doing this year. And again, this is something I'm doing over the course of the year. But I wanted to watch all the Marvel stuff in the chronological order. So it begins with Captain America. So like two weekends ago, I watched Captain America. And then I watched over the following week all of Agent Carter scene, uh, first season leading into the the premiere of Agent, you know, the second season. And so I have watched in the last two weeks, literally Captain America, the first season of uh, Agent Carter and now this. And it's it's it, it, it's it's even better when you watch it like that than it was all sort of disjointed and out of order because it really does fit in so seamlessly and you really see, you know, you know how they they introduced all the characters in Captain America and uh they they're, they're doing a phenomenal job uh at Marvel in terms of the um creating this universe and DC is, you know, doing its own ham-fisted attempt at copying it. Um, except they're having two separate universes, and I, I'll, I'll get to this a little more when we talk about Arrow. And I guess we could talk about Arrow now if you want. Um, do you have anything more to add on uh, on Agent Carter? Yeah, Agent Carter to me is off to a fantastic start. It's off to a, a much uh, quicker pace. I mean, I love the last season, but um, you know, I'm, I'm buying into the story. I like what they're doing with Madame Mask. Yes, uh, how they introduce her. And made her a formidable threat, and you have to think about that. The other thing this show has done is really shown uh, the Black Widow program and kind of very powerful women, females as villains and multi-dimensional villains at that. Yeah, I mean Dottie. Well, Dottie, I was gonna say is still out there, but Dottie is is in custody, but isn't saying anything. And I'm sure we're gonna see some kind of crazy, you know, face-off between Dottie and Peggy before the end of uh, of this season. Um, the reason, so wait, the reason I wanted to bring up Arrow next, because we're talking about the, you know, DC is doing its own attempt at creating its own universe, but they've already said that the TV universe and the movie universe is separate. So, spoiler alert, in tonight, in this week's episode of Arrow, AWOL, um, I, which I thought this was actually a really good episode, but among other, th- among other things that happened in the episode, Amanda Waller was killed. Now, Viola Davis is playing Amanda Waller in the upcoming Suicide Squad movie that's opening, you know, imminently. I just feel like it's, it's really a bizarre decision that I can't understand that they're doing stuff like that. Like, you know, people who watch Arrow have seen this Amanda Waller has been on for three seasons. Like they've gotten to know her. And now this movie's going to come and we've, she's had a storyline and a character and everything. And now they're going to bring in this other actress playing, you know, an Amanda Waller, 20 years older than her, um, you know, in the movies and she's not, didn't just get killed an arrow. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it seems like a really weird decision to me. Um, I don't know. I don't think it really matters. Um, having a TV universe is fine. Having a movie universe is fine but to me. That wait, that goes against everything. You know, we just said you, you were talking about how well, you know, the Spider-Man, I mean, rather daredevil and, and Jessica Jones fit into the larger Marvel universe. And they do. I agree. And that's what I'm saying that to say, it's kind of like the argument of people talking about how the movies have to match the comic books, have to have match, you know. And to me, no, they don't. You know, the comic books can be the comic books. The movies can be the movies. The TV shows can be the TV shows. But if you're going to do it and integrate it, then like the way the Marvel's doing, 
I'm perfectly fine with it that way. I'm perfectly fine with DC doing it separately. I mean, it's only confusing to those who happen to watch both or follow both. And I just think that, you know, the average intelligent person can make those distinctions. Like, I watch Arrow the show. Right. So, But Arrow you know, the show had, crosses it, over with, you know, Legends of the DC Universe and it crosses over with true. Flash. And- it crosses over with other TV shows. But if I go to a movie theater right. and they have a different Green Arrow, I'm not like shitting my pants because I can clearly see I've walked into a movie. Right. It's a whole different universe. So it's not that big a deal. You know what I mean? It's not like some earth shattering shit and nothing to lose my, you know, lose my uh, my head over. Yeah. So it's just that about it being done right. Like that's the beauty of Marvel. I like the fact that they to me, Marvel is pulling off a bigger stunt than what DC is trying to pull. Oh, without a doubt. I you mean, know, yeah. The fact that you can go from movie to film to Netflix to, you know, whatever, that's dope to me. And I that's a concept I've always loved. And I was like, why have they never, you know, done that before? So I'm, I'm very proud of the success for doing it. But DC doing it their way is kind of, eh, all right, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I because they're not connected to the TV shows... I am much less excited for, you know, um, I mean, I know a lot of people are psyched for Suicide Squad. I'm, I'm just not really excited about it. I'm, the only thing I'm really excited about Superman vs. Batman is Wonder Woman. And I and see. And I, ugh, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, um, I feel and I think if they can, you know, I watch these shows every week. You know, you get engaged in the storylines and the characters and it's like this real abrupt, you know, whiplash to then go to the movies, see the same characters, but they're different and their history. I don't know. Um, I understand what you're saying. You know, the comics, it's a little it's a little more of a different genre that, you know, movies and TV are kind of close. And I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how how it plays out. Um, But there was other other dope stuff on this episode. Arrow, we got uh, some good, you know, origin stuff on Diggle and his brother. Also, I don't know. Did did we know that Diggle's code name was Spartan? He got a code name. Yeah, they call him Spartan. And and there was a. A cute little Oracle right. reference to Oracle existing in this TV universe. Right. Which kind of hints at the idea that the Batman and his whole thing exists as well. Um, and what was her name? Overwatch, not- which I thought Overwatch, was, was. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't as, I mean, I'm not as wild about Spartan either. But, um, and, you know, they keep giving him different silly mask helmet things, and, you know, none of it is really working. I mean, they, they just fucked up from the beginning with Black Negro. Yeah. You know, and and uh, so that whole thing, you know, it was just a, it was a terrible, terrible execution of a concept. And that that also bodes to the pitfalls of TV and movie, because, again, if you don't like the TV shows, then you may not go check out the movies, you know, or um, the stories, you know, get convoluted and it limits you because. Again, you can't deal with Amanda Waller in the movies if you killed her off on a TV show. So it kind of, you know, separating them makes sense if you're doing it like that. But they didn't need to kill her person. either. I mean, it's like it was it kind of she's it, probably not dead. Yeah, so. I mean, that's, I got we'll see. You're right. I mean, that that's true, too. Um, uh, and we got, you know, whatever the Felicity versus Felicity stuff where she took a lot of painkillers and, you know, was like arguing with a five year earlier version of herself. I mean, that was yes and no, but there there was some good character stuff. And then she pulled off some really dope hacking at the end. So she's not Oracle, although she's still in a wheelchair. And, you know, they've pretty much winked at the audience and were like, well, this is a show where people fly and shrink and, 
you know, shoot lasers and, you know, turn into nuclear bombs and everything else. So, you know, don't, ex- you know, come back from the dead. Don't expect her to be in a wheelchair for very long. I thought they were going to make her Oracle. I mean, it, it seemed like it made sense. I mean, they're like ripping off all the other Batman stuff. Yeah. His villains, you know, all of it. It's true. Well. It's true. I mean, it just would it would have made perfect sense. Um, it's like they, they shop at the Batman thrift shop. Yeah. They do Arrow. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, also uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, this week. Uh Protector of Concord Dawn. This was this has been an uneven season, in my opinion, but the good episodes have been really good. Like last week they had Princess Leia, but it wasn't a very good episode. Um this was a great episode, I thought, and we got a lot of origin stuff for Sabine, who hasn't really done much this season. She's like the Latina Mandalorian character. And um I just thought uh, I thought it was a really good character episode for her, for Kanan, and uh, Hera almost dies, and there was just good stuff, and it didn't really focus much on either, uh, you know, Chopper or Zed or Eli or Ezra. what? What's the name of the kid? <laughs> Ezra. Ezra. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it, you know, it just felt it, it had a little more sort of Star Wars stuff going for it. Um, which, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's been a little bit of an uneven season, but uh, it definitely it, it fits into the Star Wars universe really well. And uh, I know a lot of people aren't watching it, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Star Wars Rebels uh, definitely. And they've, they've hinted at um, Darth Maul being on this season right. or coming to the show soon. And also uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who if the people who follow the extended universe, he was part of he was the kind of lead villain of the Thrawn trilogy. And he's a really popular villain. Right. I mean, he was, Thrawn was a dope character. Yeah, so, Darth Maul was on Clone Wars. Yes. They brought him but, back for that, which uh, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but is def- definitely uh, recommended. Um, so what well, else? Darth Maul still exists in uh, the current Star Wars canon, but they, they've never used Grand Admiral Thrawn. Right, yet, so. right. So... I guess getting back to uh, the DC uh, universe, uh, we uh, Supergirl, which I still I, I think you know I think is really good, and I think might be the best of the DC shows, only because I think the Legends of Tomorrow spinoff stuff they had to do in the first half of Flash and Arrow this season kind of really dragged dragged some of those seasons down a little bit. Um, and we had a really another good episode of Supergirl, Strange Visitor from Another Planet. It was all about the White Martians versus the Green Martians. And uh, the White Martians wiped out all of the Green Martians with the exception of John Jones. And uh, there was uh, it, it was a really good episode. And we got to see more of John Jones' origin and a lot of dope... Um, you know, Martian screaming at each other in Martian, which sounded like a combination of Klingon and the language that the vampires speak in 30 Days of Night. Um, and and Supergirl, you know, ended up kicking ass and, uh, you know, it, it ends on a cliffhanger. 
Um, so yeah, if you're not watching Supergirl, very surpri- surprisingly good. There was a B story where Kara, you know, in her alter ego, basically uh, reunites Cat Grant with her long lost son, and then at the end, the long lost son asks Kara out. So maybe there's a new love interest for her. Um, the whack dude who has a crush on her only had like two or three lines this episode. That might be another reason why this episode was, you know, pretty good. So yeah. Um, Supergirl has been, uh, I, again, I don't, you know, I think the, the, the lead actress, Melissa Benoist, and, uh, they're just doing, doing it, doing, doing it right over there. Not necessarily doing it right, although not as wrong as the first part is the Legends of Tomorrow, which had the part two of their pilot this week. Oh my God. Yeah, well. This show, I mean, it's a, I don't know. It's a they disaster. need to take it out to the woodshed. Yeah. They just need to take it out to the woodshed, to the back, and just put it out of its misery. Um, there's there's <clears> stuff like the to concept, like, man, and it's very clear that they were like, oh, we want to do something like Doctor Who with time traveling and, and, and get into this. There's all kinds of time paradoxes and everything like that. But and and there's 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 some good stuff, especially with White Canary and uh, Captain Cold. But a lot of the rest of it is painful. I mean, the two actors playing Hawkman and Hawk Girl are terrible. Terrible. Um, the Firestorm stuff just isn't working. Victor Garber, who plays the older part, has always been a really good actor. I've seen him in a lot of things. And he's just not real. I mean, I think it's the material, not him. I mean, Jack's, you know, he couldn't have been worse than he was in the first episode. He's definitely better than he was, but still, you know, problematic. I mean, Heat Wave is just totally unnecessary. Nah, Heat Wave is dope. I, get, I mean, just to me, the, the saving grace of, of Legends of Tomorrow is Heat Wave, Captain Cole. Um, I like Victor Garber. White Canary is so so for me. Right. But the problem with this show is first, the bad CGI. Yeah. Second, Rip Hunter just terrible and kind of trying to trying to chew the scenery, but kind of overacting and just coming across so terrible and so bland. And then it's just kind of like it's it's kind of uh, it's 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 got his eyes are bigger than his budget, you know. So it, and and finally it has a terrible it's terrible made a terrible casting decision with uh, the dude they cast as Vandal Savage um, because the concept of the show is cool and you can do certain like cool DC uh, a DC version of Doctor Who which would be great on the face of it but it's like the dude playing Vandal Savage just doesn't seem like a viable threat you know he's not imposing his, his he doesn't sound his plan like what's his plan like what's going on right. you know what I mean like what no, is I, the, I agree completely. the impetus so they kind of undermine their whole rationale in the first episode, um, in the first part of the pilot, with you know Rip Hunter kind of lying about why he even recruited them in the first place, and then you know them stick choosing to stick around versus like let's leave this lying son of a bitch you know in a timeline somewhere, right? You know, but then the heat wave entertains you know what i mean so he makes it worth watching because it's his well i, I mean he seems to method. be just like the guy who finishes captain his brother's sentences uh, you know captain called sentences and there's a great running joke in that they played brothers for five seasons in um prison, prison break, break and yeah. now they're playing brothers here as well and you're criminals again well that 
But they're friends. They're not brothers, but they're friends. Oh, they are. That's are they not brothers? They're not actual brothers no. in this one. Oh, okay. They just they just criminal partners. But, I, but that, it's just. I mean, I think that dynamic is, is, fun. is is like they're really lucky to have him, and I'm surprised that he's not leading like a you know a, a great network show somewhere. Um, like I could see him being the lead actor on some you know. Uh, you know, eight nine o'clock show on ABC or NBC. That's you know a premiere program or whatever. But so I think he's great. Um, and you know, Sarah Lance. I just I really liked her on um, on Arrow, and I I still you know I like her more than the you know what they you know they refer to her as Whack Canary Laurel's uh, Canary. So I don't know. I mean, I you know, I don't know how much longer I mean we're talking about, you know, we're covering all these shows or whatever. I mean, we definitely Dude. Flash and Arrow are worthy of covering each week. I so far I was I was maybe 12 15 minutes into that pilot and I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm I'm about to be done with this for the season. Yeah, I mean but, um it's I mean, you know, look, I mean they they they're really really doing good stuff with Flash and Supergirl and Arrow which although a little more uneven and creaky sometimes than than the others is still a leg- very legitimate and important and good comic book show but uh yeah legends of tomorrow is is none of those things and it's hard to see it really getting there the potential i guess is there with the you know the time travel and the pieces that they've set up but i mean i was hoping that hawkman is dead forever like that we're not going to deal with that that wooden actor anymore but that, yes. you know, I mean, the actress is <laughs> oh, also wooden, and I, you know, the Shaira woman. So, well, she, I think she's a newcomer, but it's just, it's all of that. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, cool. They they merged Hawkman. Yeah, great. Thank you. Now just let him be dead. I mean, because the, just the look and feel. It's just, I mean, it's just going to a buffet and wanting to eat everything and not managing to get. You know, you drop your fork. You know, it's just they're just failing. And the tone. And I mean, we problem. haven't even mentioned Brandon Ruth as 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 you know Ray Palmer. I mean, that dude was supposed to be Superman uh, launching a new franchise ten years ago, and now he's not even worth mentioning in a bad you know group superhero show. It's it's you know. I actually like him when he's just Ray Palmer, but you know they're they're not really. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I had decided what? not even to mention the Chronicles of Shannara this week, which I'm only watching at this point because it's the only real high fantasy that's been on TV. I mean, the you know there's been a lot of vampires and a lot of zombies, but the elves have been. Uh, you know, really absent from TV, but you know they're making it really hard to keep watching it. And and I Legends of Tomorrow is heading in that direction. But see, th- th- and that's the thing. Like Chronicles of Shannara is something on MTV, right? Yeah. Which is a producer of a lot of kind of crappy, uh, you know, half hour, hour long, you know, teenage aimed right. dramas and comedies. And Legends of Tomorrow seems to be like it would it would fit right on MTV's lineup, and that's the problem. I mean, I will say, I mean, the the Chronicles of Shannar, I mean, the three main characters are all teenagers. I mean, this, you know, with the exception of Jax, like all their shows have all like teen casts. Um, So, I I, I mean, I I, I definitely think that 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 they misfired here. And I never really thought that it was going to, you know, sort of take off. We'll see what they do. I mean, maybe they'll they'll do one season and out. But I think, you know, they have a little bit of reputation on the line. You know, they they uh, they spent the first half of, you know, two of their flagship seasons, 
you know, intro, you know, basically launching the show. And I mean, the find, you know, the flash and arrow, you know, I mean, so they can't just, you know, get rid of it. I also don't know if people, you know, maybe people like it. <coughs> it suffers also from the group thing. Like, it's it's like in uh you have to they feel like they have to put a dialogue bubble in every character's mouth so there are all these scenes where everyone has like one sentence and they just feel so fake and so like TV. Well, it it would be different if <laughs> I don't know man I just think the show needs to focus on better smaller character driven pieces yes. versus kind of like the big budget actiony things because I'm sitting there watching the second half of that pilot where they kind of bullshit sneak into this arms deal in a right. terrible way. They get in there, and then you have, like, a nuclear dude who's shooting fireballs. Right. You have a guy with a flame cannon shooting fire and a, fr- uh, a freeze gun. I'm like, all of this shit should be blowing the fuck up. So, I mean, you're in... There's nuclear material, there's bullets, there's ammo, there's missiles. That shit should blow up, and then the dude with the freeze gun, it should be ice everywhere, and none of it was happening. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, okay, you're, you're just losing me all around. Right. The fact that it's five people taking on this room full of fucking... <laughs> and oh, one man. of the dudes was Damien Dark. Exactly. It's like the show just is trying to do too much and it's already jumped the shark. <laughs> I did like that little cameo that they put in there. but um, Well, and yeah, Oliver's coming up in episode six as the Dark Knight Oliver with one arm and a goatee and things of that nature. Oh, really? So that's supposed to be taking place uh, in 2046. That's so, I mean, dope. I mean, yeah, I'll stick around to see stuff like that, but um, you know the I mean, that, uh, the presentation is is leaving something to be desired, especially given that there are all these good superhero shows on TV. Well, it just seems like what they've done is taken a bunch of characters who, in small doses, are um, we love and are palatable. Like I love when you know when Katie Lewis's Black Widow was on, a uh, Black uh, Canary was there, right? Or when Snart pops up, or when Heatwave popped up. But it's like, okay, the fans love them. The fans love them. We got fifty fans who love them. Fifty who love them. We put them together on the same show, you know. And it's kind of like, uh, it's a mashup that's just failing badly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. That's probably enough of that. Um, you mentioned you're not caught up on the Expanse. I am caught up. This week's episode was called Salvage, and the big thing is this is the first time different characters has been three storylines going on simultaneously, and this episode finally sort of brings the narrative up a bit because this is the first time characters from two different storylines meet up and encounter each other. Um, And so it is definitely moving forward. I've been really enjoying it, although I honestly think it would make for a better binge watch than a week to week because you kind of, you know, being in the universe, you you really have a sense of all the things that are going on. But week to week, you kind of forget. Um, and and the show, ha- one of the things that's made it so good, it's sort of like the early seasons of Lost where it's throwing out all these questions, but it depend depending on how they're answered is you know so the, the show has in a, a lot of potential and it's potential that could get squandered um but so far i mean i, I i'm definitely into it um you know, I think they made a mistake, you know, coming out of the gate being like, this is, you know, better than Battlestar Galactica and all that. But they have, you know, created a really cool universe with, uh, you know, uh, really good situations and good acting and good characters. 
Well, I just like the fact that they're kind of like stepping back because the first episode and a half was really about universe building and showing the different kind of um, classes in the society and the different, you know, species. And now they're actually kind of getting more into plot stuff, you know, and character stuff. And now, so the focus is a little bit tighter. Yeah, I last week I was a little dismissive of Colony, which is another uh, sci-fi show. I it's on. It's actually on the uh, USA Network. Um, a lot of Mr. Robot commercials during it. Um, and that actually, you know, I just just having watched the third episode this week. That's actually really good. I mean, the basic thing is aliens have taken over. Um, I guess the world, but this is just focusing on LA. And basically a husband and wife who love each other and are their son is missing. The wife is in the resistance and the husband doesn't know that. And the husband, because he's a former fugitive FBI fugitive task force dude, he's been hired by the collaborate, the human collaborators to work for them. And so the husband and wife are actually working at direct cross purposes and but they don't know it, and it 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 has created a sort of interesting tension, um, you know, uh, and so it 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 does feel a lot like uh, like a lot of other things, but it's done well, and uh, if you're looking for an interesting show, and if you miss Sawyer from Lost or uh, Lori from The Walking Dead, and she also was actually the love interest in The Prison Break, um. You know, definitely check out Colony. Um, I missed the the Flash this week. My DVR didn't record it, or something happened. Um, so I guess you're gonna have to uh, tell us about the return of the Reverse Flash. Uh, the story was actually kind of the the A story was de- dealt with you know Reverse Flash popping up, and then it tied into a, a B story with uh, Cisco dealing with vibe, his vibe powers and trying to get them under control, and then having his kind of life threatened as he was basically almost phased out of existence because Barry faced the reverse flash and beat him. And um, that wasn't supposed to happen. So, because uh, it basically would stop the timeline and stop his mother from being, you know, reverse flash and going back in time, killing his mother, etc. And so, uh, Cisco was almost erased from history, <clears throat> undone by his own superpower. But the, so it kind of, it was kind of a cool origin story for the events of the first season. Um, and a cool little capstone. I don't know how it'll play out over the course of this season because um, in part it kind of read as filler, but it also gave you a better sense of uh, the repercussions from the fallout from the first season and things that had happened and another sense of how uh, Cisco and his vibe powers are working as kind of they develop the glasses. Um, so now he's, fought, he's he's slowly becoming more and more of his vibe character. So now he has the weird kind of goofy Detroit glasses he right, had. Right, 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 right. The only thing missing is kind of his uh, yellow and black costume. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go that far. I mean, that was <laughs> that was definitely... That was a costume that previous to that only aliens would have worn. And, of course, they, uh, you know, they threw their one Latino uh, hero in, in that costume. But, no, I'm, I'm a big Cisco fan, and I was reading the Justice League at the time when Vibe was... Um, you know what was was on the Justice League. I mean, in many ways, that's like the worst iteration of of the Justice League. But um, yeah, I mean, I you know, the Flash has been great. I mean, I think its only stumbles have been in dealing with the whole you know launching the Legends of Tomorrow stuff. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I will I will catch this episode and I will be caught up. I obviously have some kind of log jam at Tuesday on Tuesdays, um, and I didn't realize it till later in the week, and it wasn't on it wasn't on demand, which is ridiculous. Um, the hundred, uh, the second part of the premiere was was this week. It was definitely a lot better than the first part, which was a big jumble. They were expanding the universe. Um, the hundred's been something that you know I've been watching and mentioning periodically. Um, I almost regretted it, uh, all that after watching the season three premiere. I was like, "What you know? What's going on?" But um, it's definitely an interesting show and is worth watching. It's a CW show. It does suffer a little bit from that MTV thing, but the premise, uh, you know, it's a it's a whole bunch of young, you know, basically like eighteen and nineteen year olds on this planet and and on Earth after uh, after like a nuclear war. And uh, or some kind of chemical holocaust, and uh, the uh, the adults have joined them, and they they came from they were all living in a uh, in a satellite uh, or a whole bunch of satellites that were fused together, so they had been in space for several generations. So I don't know, you're not watching that, right? Uh, no. Yeah, uh, it's you know it's got some good stuff and some. Uh, and 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 yeah, some admittedly bad but, stuff, but um, it's I have a CW threshold, right? Man. Well, you know, I mean, they, you know, all these, you know, Flash and Arrow or are, are CW, and uh, yes, they're eating into my threshold, yeah. Really, so that's what it is. I mean, and they well, suffer, so they much. suffer a little from that too. So did Iris? I'm just curious if Iris made an appearance because you know yeah, they have done very was, little with her this season. That's what I was going to get into. Um, the other part of the episode was basically. A little bit more on the Joe, Iris, uh, Wally kind of front. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the episode kind of just felt really like it was treading water. Um, you're really, outside of threatening Cisco's life and showing kind of mm, the, the, the the lead into the season, of, you know, reverse fast last season, it was, I don't know, it just seemed like a really a filler episode, you know, more often, more than not. Uh, and they did make, <clears throat> Caitlin made the decision to help uh, Jay Garrett get his speed back. So that's been kind of one of the things, but there was no real anything on the Zoom front. And um, I don't know. I mean, you know, we could have done without this episode and be fine. Right. Well, I mean, that's another thing with, you know, so a lot of shows have gone the route of, you know, doing 10 episodes, maybe 12 episodes. You know, Marvel did 13 with Jessica Jones and Daredevil. But other shows are still maintaining the traditional schedule of like, you know, 24 shows and there's just going to be more more sort of filler or, you know, dud episodes in there when you've got 24 episodes to fill um, as opposed to, you know, 10 or 12. I mean, you can be a lot tighter and really streamline your seasons on those shorter, you know, some are even like I think the first season of Peggy of Agent Carter was six episodes. Um, wasn't uh, True Detective six or maybe eight episodes at the most? So, you know, I mean, this is definitely going to happen. And I felt one of the reasons why I'm always championing season two of Arrow is because I felt like it it had so few uh, dud episodes. Um, Well, I mean, I think a lot is just about the writers having more of a clear focus and then just not being kind of, you know, with Flash and Arrow, they they had to service Legends of Tomorrow. But you, you also have to have a noteworthy villain. You know who's um, in a, a full story to tell, and some stories just don't lead themselves to being told in all those episodes. 
So you kind of have to break it down in a way that really works. You know, the Deathstroke stuff, you had the whole history of season one with Ali being on the Absolutely. island. Absolutely. Then his Deathstroke's ties with his family, et cetera. So, you know, you, you had time to flesh it out. Whereas with Arrow, they haven't really fleshed out what Damien Dark's agenda is. So that's kind of been a pain in the butt, you know, but he's just the big kind of overlooming, I want to take over the city threat, but like, what's his purpose? What's his point? So when they don't move that forward, it, it seems like nothing much is happening. Yeah. And then you're getting all the stuff with Diggle and his brother and um, the uh, Argus stuff, which are cool side story types of episodes where you get more history on John Diggle. But again, you know, it's not, it's not plot progression. So it only really kind of, whereas with that season two of Arrow, it seemed like everything, right. even the side stories. Would just move propelling forward, forward, forward in this awesome way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I believe it. I mean, I'm definitely going to, going to watch it whenever it shows up on demand. I think it's just really weird that, you know, they don't air these things more often. If you miss it once, you're, uh, you're, you're kind of screwed. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm continuing on my uh, rewatch on, on top of all of this, and I'm and I'm, uh, you know, only going to move forward with the Marvel rewatch once Agent Carter season two is over. But I'm continuing my not rewatch, but my uh, sort of marathoning of Person of Interest, and I'm I'm more than halfway through the third season, and it really is a great show. I have to say, it's like it and Fringe are clearly the children of the X Files that are most. Oh, I guess maybe we should talk about the the second episode of the X Files that aired like last Monday. Did are you been what watching? You think about it. You know, I really liked both. Um, I had very negative. I, I I had low expectations. I was saying, oh, they shouldn't do it. You know, um, you can't go back again. All this stuff. So I I was actually you know a lot of people didn't like the first episode. I was really into it. Um, so I I actually did like both the first episode and the second episode. The second episode really felt like a classic Monster of the Week episode of The X-Files from 20 years ago. And um, they they all the critics say the third episode, which is airing, you know, Monday night, is the, like the best. And I think it's and it's I think Darren Morgan is the writer and he he wrote some of the real classic episodes in like the second, third, fourth season. So I'm I'm actually pretty uh, and I was negative going into it. Maybe it's because I had low expectations. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I haven't checked it out at all. Oh. Um, <laughs> Did you watch it, had, the original run or I watched the original and I had I think I DVR the pilot, but I don't know. I just kind of lost interest in wanting to see it. Right. It just kind of like. I don't know, man. I don't know if it was listening to you and all your negativity, but no. Well, the negativity point, was in advance. Kinda, when when it, when it premiered, I was like, "Yo, I really enjoyed this." You know, I just don't have any drive, any urge to really watch it. You know, like it's there if I want to catch up on it, or maybe I just wait because it's only like six episodes. Yep. So maybe I just wait and just watch them all. But you know, it's not moving me really, and there's so much other good you know stuff coming. Um, that is worth watching other shows that we don't even discuss on here, you know, like Billions and Blacklist and other stuff that just kind of catches my interest and attention. More. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't even know. I think there's more things coming on in the weeks to come. I mean, I know vinyl is starting um, this Tuesday. The uh, Ameri- the O.J. Simpson thing, which I think is actually going to be huge. 
Um, I mean, I could be wrong, a, but I think it's going to a resurgence for uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s career. Well, I don't know about that, but I think a lot of people are going to watch that. I think it's coming on at the right time, you know, uh, just in terms of uh, OJ and, you know, this is FX's contribution to Black History Month. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel, you know, making people watch it, the jinx and making a murderer like nothing is is comes close to the OJ sto- story and that they're doing this huge star studded thing. I mean, they made sure to show, you know, the fact that there's a Kardashian connection. I just think a lot of people are going to watch this and it's going to be a big, big, you know, topic of com- maybe I'm wrong. But um, anyway, that's coming on on Tuesday. So if anything, we're going to, you know, you might not be hearing much about the Legends of Tomorrow. Fat bros, hey, 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 h